Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank. We're just so glad that you are joining us today. Again, wherever you're watching or listening from, welcome. And we're so glad that you are here, especially in the midst of uh, the Christmas season as we're very close. We're a week out and uh, you may be watching this as you're shopping or listening to it in the car on the way uh, to do some last minute errands. And so we're just glad that you are with us today. We're closing out our series, Silent Night, and talking about this idea of peace. Now, in the first week, we talked about how peace on earth may never exist, but God does promise peace internally. Externally, peace may not happen, but in us, God brings peace. And then because of that, we can bring peace to those around us. We also talked last week about how in the waiting for God's peace um, and, and the tension that exists there, it often comes down to one of two things. One, in trusting God's provision um, that he will take care of us. And then the second one is, is allowing the gospel to do the deep work on our hearts and not to put band-aids on. Oftentimes, uh, we like to just head to temporary things to kind of deal with our life. And so the gospel brings deep, lasting peace the reason this is important is because few of us actually experience this peace that we talk about. You know, we write it on Christmas cards, we sing about it in, in Christmas carols, um, and, and, and we love this idea of peace. Uh, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks now, but the reality is a lot of us still don't experience it. While we're talking about peace, many of us are thinking about family members that we miss through the season. Some of us are stressed over financial concerns and how am I supposed to buy gifts for people and put food on the table? Uh, it's a period of high stress, uh, running around from place to place to place. And some of you in a week are going to be sitting around a table with family members that you struggle talking to. Um, and then some of us are just hurt. It's been a hard year and, and you hear, right, joy, peace and Christmas. And we're like, I'm trying, but I just don't feel that. Again, very few of us would say that we're experiencing the depth of the peace that we're talking about. So then there has to be some type of disconnect. If we know that, that God says he'll bring peace, but we're not living in it, what's going on with that? Scripture talks about peace, and again, most of us don't live in that reality. So then, how do we experience this peace? Again, in the angel's announcement in Luke 2, it says, peace on earth to those who have God's favor. Again, so we need to make sure that we're living in a way where we get God's favor. And, and the goal wasn't to make earth peaceful, it's to make our hearts a place of peace. But even with that today, how would you define peace? Uh, the absence of conflict is often the answer that you hear when it comes to peace. Uh, and so because of that, we don't feel peace because usually there is some type of conflict going on either in our world, on our social media platform, or even in our own lives and in our families. We put this on our uh, social media and asked this question, and here are some of the responses we got. It's being aware of the presence and the faithfulness of God despite our circumstances. Others said calmness, tranquility, the absence of conflict. And so again, this is often how we view peace. And in John, we see Jesus say that he's leaving us 
this gift of peace wrapped and ready. We're in the Christmas season. Think of it this way. Jesus essentially puts peace in a box under our tree and says, here it is. In John 14, we read it. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And this is what we're praying for you this season of Advent is that you would experience the peace of God because it matters and it makes a difference. Our world, again, is chaotic. But knowing Jesus brings peace. Today we're going to read from Isaiah 9. And this is one of the prophecies from the Old Testament um, that's written 700 years before Jesus is born. Um, And then we see that he ultimately fulfills it. 300 prophecies in the Old Testament exist that point to Jesus. And every single one of them is fulfilled in the smallest of details. Um, It's very fascinating. As you begin to read the prophecies and see the life of Jesus uh, and how people hundreds of years in advance predict small things and they come to be through Jesus, it's incredible. But in Isaiah 9, it says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now this idea, Prince of Peace, um, I think sometimes we don't fully understand what it means. In Hebrew, uh, Prince of of Peace is Sar Shalom. Now, you might be like, what does that mean? Good question, I'm about to say. So, Sar means the one in charge, but it's not quite like Prince. It's more like someone who is a ruler and has all authority. Rome, uh, the Roman Empire would take this word Tsar and trans- translate it into Tsar, which eventually would become their word for Caesar, the one who ruled the, empi- the Roman Empire, perhaps one of the greatest empires we've ever seen. Then the word Shalom means rest, wholeness, to make complete. So as we see this, a better translation would be the Lord of rest or the Lord of wholeness. He is the one in charge of contentment. He's the one who is in charge of making us whole. And in there we find peace. Jesus even claims to be this in Matthew 11 when he says, Come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give them rest or peace. He is the Prince of Peace or the ruler of wholeness. Today, do you not have peace? Do you feel like your life is broken? And are you turning to all kinds of different things to give yourself some semblance of peace? Today, Jesus is calling us to him because he is peace. He's the captain of peace. His very essence brings peace. Why is that, though? If we know Jesus, we have peace. Why? Because, again, he is the Prince of Peace. In Romans 1, or 5, 1, we read this. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. We're made right because of Jesus. And because of what he's done, we have peace. Now, what did he do? Again, he came as a baby to this earth. We're about to celebrate that. And he lives a perfect life. He dies on a cross. And three days later, he comes back to life. And we also know that one day he he will come again. And he will restore humanity to full 
and right relationship with him. To this point, in the book of Romans, Paul has convinced us um, that the only way of salvation is to be justified um, by grace through faith. But now he'll begin to tell us what the practical uh, benefits of this faith in Jesus is. Um, again, this word justified, it speaks of a legal decree. Romans 1 says that we're guilty before God's court of law. And so if we were on trial before God, we would be guilty. Uh, but then Paul explains how because of what Jesus did, the righteousness of God now rests on us. Again, we stand before God guilty, but because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we can put on the righteousness of God. The guilty sentence is transformed into a sentence of justified, of freedom, of wholeness, of God's righteousness. And because of that, we have peace. Because the price is paid in full by the work of Jesus on the cross, God's justice towards us is eternally satisfied. Justice what we deserve for our sin, the thing that separates us from God and leads us towards death. Jesus stepped in and he paid the price. And because of that, we can stand before God righteous. And this is not the peace of God that's spoken in other places. This is peace with God. The inner battle that goes on between our flesh and God once and for all is finished and it's satisfied through the blood of Jesus. And because this tension can be solved once and for all through Jesus, it again allows us to be right before God and there we find peace. This peace only comes through Jesus. He and his work, it's the entire ground we have for peace. Jesus is our peace. Ephesians 2 says this, it says, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. It's impossible to have peace without authentically and relationally connecting to Jesus. Again, he is the source of our peace. He is peace itself. Many people suggest different ways to get near to God and to experience peace. Um, some think that if you just keep all of the rules and do the best that you can, then you'll experience peace. But then you often find that can be exhausting and tiresome. And then when you don't uh, hold up your end still, you're kind of frustrated by it. But then some people think that just by belonging to a church and being part of that or just showing up on Sunday and serving that then you'll have peace. But the only way to be brought near to God is through the blood of Jesus. What Jesus did on the cross brings us near to him. And being near to him matters because that's where we find peace. Again, it's not the band-aids that we put on where we try and mask what's really going on, but it's allowing who we completely and wholly are to be before God and to say, I need your peace, but most of all, I need you. It's where I find my wholeness, my healing, my peace. Jesus himself, again, is peace. He made peace between God and man. He is our peace. 
Psalm 29 says it this way. It says, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Again, Jesus is able to give peace because he is peace. And peace is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. And this is an important distinction because I'm often guilty of just thinking peace is the absence of all of the people who disrupt my peace. And so if I could just get rid of all of that, then I would have peace. But again, it's not that. It's the presence of someone. I can have peace in the midst of all of these things that disrupt my peace because I have Jesus who is present with me. And I can know personally the Lord of peace. There may be a storm going on around you today as you watch this, but no, you can have peace in the midst of it because the Prince of Peace is present with you and he can be known. So how do I have or how do I find peace if Jesus is the Prince of Peace? The first thing that we need to do is that we need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Again, not just prince, but he is the ruler of peace. And for somebody to rule, we have to give them authority in our life. And so what is lordship? See, it's not just calling him Lord. It's not just like attending service and singing a song where we say, you're my God, I give my life to you. And if we're honest, a lot of times that's what our faith looks like. A lot of us give lip service to him and say, you are Lord, you're the ruler of my life. But then the rest of my life looks nothing like him actually being that. We need to be under his lordship. We need to submit to him. And this is kind of a, what it looks like in a picture. So this summer, my daughter and I were going for a walk. When we left our house, it was sunny. We made it about like three blocks down the street. And out of nowhere, it just started pouring like torrential downpour um and and all we could do was hide under the closest tree and, and the tree provided us a little bit of shelter it kept us like kind of dry instead of being absolutely drenched we stayed under the protection of the tree again we often want a savior but we don't want somebody who tells us how to live our life we call him lord but we live under our own control. Uh, we want all the benefits of being under the tree, the protection, the shade, all of that, but we don't want to have to do what it asks us to. He gives us what we desire. Again, Jesus gives us the desires of our hearts. And so today, if we live for our desires and then we don't have peace, we can't be mad at God. Today, if you look at your life and, and it's not peaceful, what decisions have you made maybe outside of the Lordship and submitting your life to Jesus? Acts 10 says it this way. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Again, you can't do anything you want and have peace. We, again, often want the, the package that we get in serving Jesus, but we don't want the cost of it. We want all the benefits, but we don't like the submission and the dying to ourselves. But today there is nothing outside of his lordship and, and living in a life surrendered to him that will bring us peace. Isaiah 32 says this, and this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. 
My people will live in safety quietly at home. They will be at rest. Today, are you exhausted? Are you frustrated? Are you burdened? Could it be that perhaps you are holding an area to yourself that you are not submitting to the Lordship of Jesus? This week, would we do that? And would we see his peace at work in our lives? And the second thing that we need to do to to see the peace of God again, he is the Prince of Peace, is to invite him into every situation that we face. Today, is there an area of your life where you don't have peace? Bring Jesus. We often, and, and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody, of like compartmentalizing my life. Like, this is the Jesus part and this is the Frank part. Like, I've got this part, you've got this part. We both do our thing and everything works out the way that it's supposed to. Um, I want Jesus in my finances, but not in the things that I do for fun. I want Jesus and peace, but not in the way that I work. And so then we often live that way and we realize I don't have peace. Why is that? Again, we're holding on to control in parts of our life. Bring Jesus into everything. You can bring yourself. <laughs> and, and when you bring yourself, it often looks like anger, emotions, um, selfishness. Or we can bring in Jesus and have peace. Second Thessalonians says it this way. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you this peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Philippians 4 says it this way. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Put these things into practice. Do it. Invite Jesus in today. Is there an area in your life where maybe you just don't have peace? Would we pause and would we ask God to come and to show up and to work in it? And then the last thing is, again, remember what this idea of peace means. It's a condition of wholeness and well-being. It's how things are supposed to be. It's making something whole. It isn't just like a feeling. It's not just like life being quiet, but it's an inner depth to us where we find wholeness and healing. And so today, maybe there are just parts of your life that you know don't have peace. And you know that you need to bring Jesus into it. And today, the reason for that is it brings wholeness. So many of us live our lives just in brokenness and pain and in hurt. And Jesus has so much more for us than that. But the truth is, instead of speak, or seeking wholeness, we often just seek numbness. We're really good at this. Just turn on Netflix and watch it for a few hours and fall asleep. Eat my emotions away. Go to a habit that makes me feel better in a moment, but I know isn't good for me. Again, to find this deep peace that Jesus offers, it takes work. It takes dealing with some of the things that are going on deep within our hearts. But in it, it finds we find renewing of our heart and of our mind. And in that renewal, we have peace. And the only way for our lives to be made whole is through the work that Jesus did on the cross. Would we invite in Jesus 
who is the light that expels darkness from our lives and instead invites in peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He made us right with God, and that's where peace begins. And so today as we close, I just want to invite you to make some decisions. The first one is peace with God. Today, maybe you've never made the decision before to to trust your life and to submit to the Lordship of Jesus and to say, I trust in what you did on the cross. I believe that you are who you say you are, and so I commit my life to you. See, this isn't just being cool with God. And what I mean like this, this isn't just like you're, you're trying to get to, to the mall last minute and there's not a parking spot. And so you're like, God, if you're real, open a parking spot. And then he does. And you're like, wow, you're a cool guy. Like I'm talking about inner healing and peace. It's restoration of a relationship that's broken because of the way that we choose to live. It's realizing that I can't make this work on my own efforts, but I turn and I repent of the things that I've done and say, Jesus, I need you. God, I trust you. I turn from my sin towards you. Would you be my peace? And today, if you make that decision, wherever you're watching or listening from, there's a link that says, I've decided to follow Jesus. Click it. Let us know. We would love to continue to walk through that decision that you make and even just show you some next steps that you can take today. For those of us who do follow Jesus, then we also know That in peace with God, there's peace for us. Today, are you stressed, anxious, full of guilt, wondering how am I going to get everything done that I need to? How am I going to get along with these people? How did I, why did I say this? Why did I do that? Today, just remember his faithfulness and the goodness of who he is. Today, even for our online audience, like I encourage you as service wraps up, just grab some bread and and some juice and have a moment of communion where we remember the goodness of what Jesus did for us. And remember this, I, I often hold myself to such a high standard. And when I don't reach it, I'm very hard on myself. But the peace of God reminds me that, again, this isn't about what I can do, but it's about whose I am and what Jesus has already done for me. Christ brings peace. And in bringing peace, we see that he did it through humility. This week, as followers of Jesus, was our lives be marked by humility and service? And as we do that, would people be able to look at our lives and say that we are peacemakers? Because our hearts model our Savior and what he's done for us. And ultimately, would it lead to restoration in our lives? Things that were broken can be made whole once again. Today, what areas of your life do you need God to heal and to bring peace to? Today, he's the Prince of Peace. In his death and in his resurrection, he can bring healing to our lives. Isaiah 26 says this, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Would we keep our minds fixed on Jesus? Talk about him. Sing about him. Remind ourselves of him. And as we do that, would we bring him into more of the things that are going on in our lives? And again, would we be peacemakers instead of instigators? Right now, it's kind of fun to be the person who disrupts peace, to make that comment on social media or to a family member. Would we be peacemakers? Would we see justice and righteousness flow out of our lives? Today, are you wondering where in the world is peace? Would we submit to his lordship? 
would we get under his covering? What areas of our life do we maybe need to submit to his ruling? And again, salvation, it's not just like something we check on a box or raise our hand to, but it's when we move control from ourselves to Jesus, when we repent of the areas where we haven't and the things that we've gotten wrong, and we say, I submit more of my life to you. Would you grow my trust? Would you grow my faith? Today, Jesus, we come under your covering. I bring you into everything, and I keep my mind fixed on you. And as we do that, I pray that this scripture would come to life in your heart and in mine. In Romans 15, we read, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Join me as we close in prayer today. Jesus, we pray. Holy Spirit, would you reveal Christ to our hearts and the depth of who he is and what he's done for us. And as you do that, would we have joy and hope and peace and would our trust in who you are grow? Keep our minds fixed on you. God, the areas of our lives that may be broken, that may not have peace today, we submit them to you and we say, would you bring peace to our lives? Would we be peacemakers? Would we work to model the peace that you bring to us that Jesus first showed when he came and he allows us to stand righteous before you? Today we are honored and humbled by the Savior who would give up so much so that we could be made right with God, that we could be justified. Would you bring peace to our hearts today? Again, Holy Spirit, reveal more of Christ and who he is to us. And as you do that, would you grow us in our peace? In your name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.